The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to You're Gonna Love Me, the podcast where we open the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged. Well, hopefully. I'm your host, Katie Maloney. Hello, everyone. I'm so freaking excited because I have one of... Well, I'm a huge fucking fangirl of this person and I have been for a really long time. I have Lauren Everts here. She's Skinny Confidential of Skinny Confidential website, brand, and the podcast. Hello. Hi. Thank you so hi. much. I'm like, I'm so honored. Thank you so much. I'm so honored. I mean, Stop. I hope that like, it's it's like so cool to be on your podcast and be one of the first guests. I'm I'm flattered. Really? Okay. Well, I was just, I felt like I was going to have to like send you flowers or beg or. <laughs> you don't need to send me flowers. I covered that. Oh. <laughs> well, my, my, my husband covered it with the birthday. He's, he's screwed. Oh, okay. Good. Well, happy, oh, happy late birthday. Thank you. <laughs> Did you have the best birthday ever? I wouldn't say ever, but you know, you're in quarantine. So it's, it's an <sighs> interesting dynamic, but it was definitely fun to torture him every single second of the way. Cause he can't get away. <laughs> oh my God. Touche, touche. Okay. So I've been following you for a while now. And like I said, I'm a huge, I'm a big fangirl. I'm going to fangirl out for a minute here because when I first started following you, it was like, oh my God, you're, I was just like, this girl is like a freaking Barbie. It was the whole aesthetic was like goals AF. Everything was like pink. It was just so soothing to look at everything. And I was just, you're gorgeous. And you had the hot bod, the hot husband, everything was just like everything from like your morning latte to your like kitchen counter to, it was just, it was perfect. I mean, at a glance, like your life is literally perfect. And then you go a little bit deeper and, you know, you start listening to the podcast and you're like, oh my gosh, she's also very eloquent and very articulate and she reads. So she's really smart and fuck, she's also really intimidating now. So (laughs) I was just like adding on to like everything. And so I've been like truly inspired by you and also have spent so much money because I've been super influenced by you and the beauty aspect of it all, because now you've become like a beauty go-to for all things. I've bought so many products just because like I've like been like, all right, well, I have to try this now because you, I don't know, you just have such a way of like connecting and really doing an amazing job of like going into like details and like, I don't know, I've just really found some of my favorite things through you. So thank you. That is such nice compliments. Thank you so much. Honestly, everything you said, definitely, (laughs) definitely, we'll get into it, but definitely don't have a perfect life. You know, I mean, you know, with Instagram and reality and reality TV, it's like, there's always, you know, 20 different sides that you don't see. So I, I hope with the podcast that people can also see like other facets of my life. I try to keep my Instagram pretty, pretty, but definitely (laughs) with the podcast, we try, we try to discuss a bunch of real issues and I hope people can see different sides. 
it's so it's not perfect. It's definitely not perfect. And I, I'm in quarantine right now. I told you in a small <laughs> house with my husband and a newborn. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and yes, and Zaza is the name. Zaza is oh gosh, I'm that so name happy is that you like so it. cute. Did you always have that name picked out? We had the name for five years. Really? I was absolutely obsessed with Zsa Gabor. And I thought yeah. her name was Zaza for like 10 years. So I kept calling her Zaza to Michael. <laughs> I read all her books. I consumed all her content, her videos. I just thought she didn't give a fuck what anyone else thought of her. And she just really, if you study her, she really did things on her own terms. And she was very much a pioneer of that. So mm-hmm. I just like loved her energy. And I thought her name was Zaza. So when we just, you know, were thinking about kids' names five years ago, I thought, oh my God, Zaza. Turns out her name is Zaza. But I felt like that was too hard to pronounce. And I really liked the name Zaza. So we stuck with that and kept that. And I really like the Z. There's something about a Z. It's very sexy. Mm-hmm. Ooh, sexy. Zexy is what it is. <laughs> because I discovered, you know, at a glance, yes, you are goals and gorgeous and everything like that. But when I dove a little deeper that I discovered that there was more to you, but I want to know who you were like in high school. I want to start there because I think, I think it's just so fascinating to find out like who people were in high school. I don't know why. I just think that's just always a really fun place to start. No, I think that's, I think that's a great question. I don't get asked that a lot. And so that's, that's interesting to look back on. Who I was in high school, I definitely was someone that didn't follow the rules, which I didn't kind of understand looking back why I had to be there. I didn't, um, it's not that I like got F's or anything. I definitely tried to get B's and A's, but I didn't feel like I fit into the curriculum. And looking back, I realized like everything led me to be an entrepreneur. I didn't want to be told what to do. I rebelled against a lot of things. For I'll give you an example. Like <sighs> one day I decided I was going to bring my lab and my chihuahua to school on a leash. <laughs> didn't understand. There was no rule that said I couldn't bring dogs. So I just, I just did it. And no one, like the teachers didn't say anything. <laughs> so I would just do things to just, I, I feel like looking back, I was maybe a little bit bored and unstimulated. And I think that if I could give high schools around the nation advice, it would be, I think they need to teach curriculum and delegation and entrepreneurship and going against the norm and disrupting different industries and how to save people time things that aren't in the curriculum. Math and history and algebra and, you know, all these different things, it just was not appealing to me. Oh my um, God, amen. Yeah. And I think like <laughs> even college, I went, I did what society tells you to do, which is like you check the box and you get the degree. And when I was doing it, I was like, this is not fulfilling me at all. I've always really questioned the status quo, always. Um, definitely was also someone in high school that like I would just go home during lunch and like take a nap because I, I, I just really did, <laughs> did what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And I got in trouble a lot because I wasn't like coloring inside the line. But that's how I remember my high school. I definitely like had nights in Cabo where I was, you know, not wearing a shirt, dancing on the bar, <laughs> like very, I would say outgoing and knew Michael in high school, my husband, he was in the same grade as me, but I was definitely dating older guys, which I'm sure everyone Aww. can relate to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> always pushing boundaries, always breaking curfew. Like 
just doing things my own way. I like am obsessed with all that. (laughs) You're so much cooler. You got cooler. How was that possible? So wait, so were you like involved in any of like the sports or were you just always like, why the fuck am I here? Looking back, it's so funny. Like I tried out to be a cheerleader and there was, you know, a thousand girls that wanted to make it and I made it. And I remember I made it. And after, (laughs) you know, five months of doing this, I'm like, why am I paying money to be a part of a community like getting bossed around? I would rather go like create my own dance club and Mm -hmm. not charge, which is so funny because later in college, I joined a sorority for five minutes and they said, you know, it's $800 a semester. And I, again, was like, I'm not going to pay for friends. I forgot to mention, I'm working, 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 working since I was 14 years old. Mm -hmm. So for me to pay $800 of my own money to be, to have friends and be a part of a sorority made absolutely no fucking sense to me. And that's how the Skinny Confidential idea came. It's like, how can I create this online and bring together this community and, you know, not charge and not make it so exclusive? I just always remember, like, I left cheerleading after four months. I left the sorority after two days. Always not wanting to listen to what the box society wanted to put me in. I was blonde hair with big boobs, and they wanted to just put me in this box because it's comfortable for them to put me in this box. And I think that you can surprise people and you can be mysterious and you can have a hundred different layers and it doesn't have to make sense to everyone. And I think that's been the whole theme of my life. It's like, it's not always what you see is what you get. And to just judge a book by its cover is actually really ignorant. Well, I entirely agree with that. But where do you think that comes from? Was that something just inherent in you or was that something that you learned? I think from a very young age, my parents did a really good job of making a space that was non-judgmental. Like I look at so many of my friends that have had troubles with certain things and I certainly have troubles with other things. But as far as like judgment, I'm not, I really try not to come from a perspective of judgment, but instead come from empathy and compassion and understanding we're all different. And that's what makes life interesting. It's like, I don't want a cookie cutter, you know, friend. I want someone who's colorful and dynamic and going to surprise me. And my Mm -hmm. parents did a really good job of being like, whatever you want to be, you you know, you could be a doctor, but you could also be something that you completely make up and create your own future. And they never shamed me. And I think a lot of parents are like, well, you have to do this and you have to do this. And you have, my parents were just like, you do you and do it whatever that looks like. And I hope I can implement that onto Zaza. It's like, whatever she wants to be, it doesn't have to be what I want her to be. The judgment thing I think is big. That is, wow, that's really important. That's huge. And so what I'm curious too about is because we're the same age. And so in high school, we didn't have social media we didn't have, like, I think MySpace came about maybe, I, th- I think I was a senior in high school and everything like that. So when you go on to college and, you know, I love that you, first of all, just going back to when you were in a sorority for five minutes, I was very much active in high school and I was did the cheerleading thing. But, you know, I, I was there and I enjoyed it, but I was also like, eh. <laughs> and then when I went to college, I was so not into it at all. And I felt the same way about Rush or do anything. I thought the Greek system was ridiculous. And I was like, people pay for friends. That's hilarious. So now you start. <laughs> I want to talk about Skinny Confidential. So I started Skinny Confidential 10 years ago. 10 years I, ago. 
Yes. I was going to San Diego state doing what I was supposed to do, checking the boxes, like, mm. you know, doing. And so what did you, what were you going to school for? What did you want Honestly, to do? Honestly, I have to be honest about college. For me, I did not learn one thing. I did not learn <laughs> one thing. Because what is college? It's just like a continuation of just fucking off and doing things that you did in high school, but now you're like on your own and can drink alcohol and live outside your parents' house, basically. I wish that I launched <laughs> way sooner than I did. And yeah. I think I always tell college students, like, you don't have to go to college just to check a box. You just, right. you don't. And and that's controversial. And, you know, people will disagree with me there. But I think if you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer, of course, that makes sense to what you want to do. But for me, I didn't learn one thing. I went for television broadcasting and I have learned more being a practitioner mm-hmm. than a student. So being a practitioner is just throwing yourself into whatever you want to do and adjusting as you go on and practice, practice, practice. So by putting my, a camera in front of myself and doing YouTube, and you know this too with reality television, it's like you're a practitioner of reality television. You have been on long enough and been, you know, you know what they need, what they don't need, what they need more of, what they need less of. You've become a practitioner of being on television. I don't think you can learn that in a classroom. No. I just, I mean, for me, I didn't. Yeah. I felt like, I feel like for me, I could get more life knowledge and experience. I felt like a real education was waiting for me out in the real world personally. And my parents, they did not force me to go to college. They did not tell me that 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 was not something that they placed a lot of importance on. It was very much like, if that's what you want to do, we support that by all means, you know, but there was not a lot of influence or pressure put on me in that respect. Thank God. Cause I was, I was, sound cool. They sound cool. No, they were, they were extremely supportive in everything. Cause I mean, I wanted to do everything growing up. (laughs) So, but yeah, thank God. And so it's crazy. So without having, cause I feel like now with Gen Z and I look at people that are, you know, 10 years younger than me and they know this, the social media inside and out, and they're so good on it. And I look at you and I feel like you, like, like you never fault on that. There's never like a sub par post from you or anything like that. And, and like that you're so good at the aesthetic. Was that something that like growing up in high school, were you very good? Were you very into like the details? Were you always very meticulous about those kind of things? Yeah. I've always been someone that- Are you a curator? Yeah. Like when I I would ask someone where they got their shirt and they would say they didn't know, like I always was someone that that overshared, always. And (laughs) it's funny because looking back, I was obsessed with scrapbooking for like 10 years. I would create these scrapbooks that were so in detail with like stickers and colors and fabrics and textures. And like, I look back and it's like a piece of like, it's not like, I'm not saying I'm an artist, but it's, it is a piece of art. That makes so much sense. And now what I'm doing is essentially that I'm scrapbooking through social media. I'm scrapbooking through the digital age. So there was definitely that I, I love to write. I've loved, I always love to read. And as outgoing as I am, I'm also very introverted. So to be behind a screen, it's sometimes it gives me energy at the same time. I realize you know, to build a brand and you know, this too, like you have to get out there and you have to go to those networking events or, you know, there's certain things that you have to do. But a part of me loves the fact that I could literally move to Hong Kong tomorrow and still do what I do. 
mm-hmm. that makes me feel liberated and it makes me feel like I have autonomy to have the freedom to go where I want when I want to go without anyone telling me what to do. So I think freedom mixed with, with branding, I've always been into the branding aspect, mixed with like a pretty aesthetic and a very mm-hmm. curious nature of wanting to know, you know, where someone got their shirt or what nail polish it was, but not just what nail polish, like what's the brand? How did you apply it? I really, I want to know like the full, the full details, which is where the skinny confidential came from. It's like, get the skinny. Yeah. So now we backtracked a little bit. We backtracked a little bit because I, I did want to find out if you always had that, you know, the keen eye for aesthetics. So now we're, we're at the skinny confidential. So you are in a sorority going to college and you're bartending. Okay. So I want to find out about this bartending because I Fuck, feel like I wish I bartended it, sir, with you. What could you imagine? I wish you... I should have bartended it, sir. It's not too late. It's not too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a bartender. I was my dad owns restaurants. I was a hostess when I was fourteen to sixteen. Do you know from sixteen Wait. to eighteen waitress? Okay, you, so yeah, my my mom, she was general manager of a, a restaurant from the time I was born. So yeah, so yeah, when I was in high school, I'd be like, I want a car when I turn 16. She's like, how are you going to pay for it? So yeah, so when I was old enough, before I was old enough, I had to be, I had to start expediting in a kitchen because I couldn't be on the floor. So yeah, but then when I was 14, I started hostessing. So yeah, I'd go to school and then go to work at a restaurant after school. But yeah. And Working then I, in a restaurant teaches you two things. Tell me yes. if you agree. Number one, it teaches you completely and utterly how to multitask and do a thousand things at once in an efficient way. Yes. Um, while also getting to know people and understanding energy. And the second thing it does is it makes you really love wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it teaches you how to drink for sure. I mean, not Hit when it. I was 14, but yeah. Um, wine, the wine cup that, or the coffee cup, like everyone that's like <laughs> sipping out of it, like in the bathroom, like everyone in the, everyone in the restaurant drinks wine and margarita. Yeah. You learn how to hide it really easily, but yeah. Oh yeah. No, I definitely learned how to like minimize my steps and learned how to like micromanage everything in my head. And yeah. Oh gosh. Like it's, I think I actually think I learned eight thousand times more working in a restaurant than college a hundred percent oh yeah hundred percent and also just the social skills I learned and just um dealing with people and and just I think working in customer service especially in a restaurant should be mandatory mandatory I that should like before you go to college before you do anything you have to work in a restaurant it should be a rite of passage I completely agree with you on that. Yeah. I think the the restaurant industry, like, and and the great thing about it too is you can work your way up. Like, so you start, like you said, as an expo or a hostess, and then you move into waitress, and then cocktail, and then bartender. And and I think it's what's so great about working in a restaurant. Someone asked me the other day what advice you'd give to college graduates. Most people would say like have them put their resume everywhere and have them try everything to see what they like. I completely disagree. I think that when you graduate from college, what I would do going back is I would bust my fucking ass in a restaurant job at night. And then during the day, I would completely and utterly immerse myself in my hustle. So in my hustle, not someone else's hustle. 
Yeah. So I would bust my ass to have the money at night, wake up. And if you want to be, I'm just making this up, a soccer player. Like that's all I would focus on during the day. Instead of going and trying 8 million jobs for 8 million different people, I feel like you're just treading water. Whereas if you're just working on your hustle, you're moving the needle and gaining momentum towards what you actually really want to do. Right. I love that. What a character builder, right? I love it. It is. So, okay. One thing also working at a restaurant is you also learn how to like what it's like to not have a lot of money (laughs) and being like learning what it's like to be hand to mouth because you're working for tips. You don't get a paycheck. Your paychecks are zeroed out because you work for tips. So do you like, did you have like struggle meals back then? Oh, that's something I didn't mention in high school and college. And I should have, I lived in San Diego and the area that we lived was very wealthy. Like everyone, and I'm sure you you like have had a very similar experience as this, I would assume, where everyone's getting Mercedes and BMWs for their first car. And I didn't come from a poor family by any means, but I came from, I would say, just like a middle class, normal family that was yeah. hardworking and entrepreneurial. And so I had to always figure it out. If I wanted something, and you said your mom said, you know, you want a car, go work for it. That, that's the kind of family I grew up in too. So Everything that I wanted, I had to find an angle or a way. I love Marie Folio. She says everything's figure outable. And I feel like that was very much a theme of my childhood is like, you want something just like your mom said to you about the car, like go figure it out. I've had multiple times where my credit cards declined, not even a credit card. I didn't even have a credit card. It was a debit card, zero money in my bank account, had to borrow money, um, living on my godparents couch, like a lot of instances where, you know, I had to make tips that day to pay whatever I needed to pay, you know, like you make, you make the tips, you spend it, and then you have Mm -hmm. to go back and make more tips. So yeah, definitely. But that's, I think that's part of the whole, the whole journey. I don't look back on any of it negatively. I'm like, thank God I had that because it gives me such perspective now. Would you have like top ramen for like multiple meals. Oriental flavor was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would like <laughs> Stassi and I joke because we would like split $5 foot longs all the time. That Cause so that's good. cause we also, we would have to choose between like, okay, we have $20. We can go buy like a meal or we could get a $5 foot long, split it and then buy wine. So obviously <laughs> priorities, you know what I mean? So, and then also, you know, I would often be like, do I want wine or do I want to put gas in my car? Yep. Uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and just like hitchhike and buy the wine. Yep. You know, priorities. The wine always wins. <laughs> it wine always, always wins, wins. Yeah, because you got to live with yourself too. We you used to get like- those, what are those like huge bottles of wine that are literally like jugs with the mm. thing on the side that you hold that like $2? <laughs> Carlo Rossi. Oh, I can't drink Chardonnay to this day. Yeah, those, Table. those nasty ass, thick syrupy bottles of wine. How long could you stretch a razor blade out? What's a razor blade? Like a razor, shaver razor. Like, the, do you shave your? Oh, legs? oh, 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 oh! I thought it was like a, a, a word for wine. I'm like, uh, not long back in the day. Um, <laughs> how long could I stretch a razor out forever? I'd get a men's razor and just stretch it as long as I possibly could. Until it's breaking off. You just, you make things work though. That's like, it's such, it's such a good way to learn for your, I think for my parents, like they just were like, now go fly, go figure it out. Mm -hmm. And now things don't phase me that maybe would phase people that haven't had to figure it out. It's, 
such a powerful lesson. Michael and I have conversations about this a lot because he grew up really differently than I did. And we disagree with a lot of things with Zaza. Like she, I don't want her to get everything she wants. She's going to have to go figure it out. And you know, that's going to probably be a struggle for us to, to figure out who's going to win. It'll be me. Uh, <laughs> of course. She's going to have to have a razor though for a while. She doesn't get new razor blades all the time. You know what I mean? That's, that's like my, I probably like my biggest indulgence and in luxury is like being able to be like, Oh, I'm going to change my razor blade. There's Once. nothing better than a fresh Venus. Oh, yeah. You also have the most <laughs> beautiful house on the show. It looks so insane. Oh, and I'm looking oh. at the background. It looks so pretty. Oh, thank I mean, this is just like, this yeah, is probably- Yeah, but you can the- tell. Like, look at your crown molding. Oh, thank you. Well, as <laughs> Stassi says, it looks like uh, Mendocino Farms. But <laughs> no, it's beautiful. <laughs> thank you. I love it. I, I'm so happy here. Like, it's just- I mean, Yeah. You guys lived in West Hollywood right before this? Yeah, I lived in West Hollywood for 13 years. Okay, so we're looking to get out of West Hollywood. Not that we don't love it. I just feel like it's time for a different change. You know, having a change of pace, and I I really kind of love being over here in the Valley. It's, It's a slower pace. We have a lot of the same things that West Hollywood has. You know, so it doesn't feel like, and also we're just right over the hill from it, but also we're also very accessible to like everything else. But how many minutes away is it from West Hollywood? Without traffic? Yeah, without traffic. <laughs> 17 minutes. Okay. Yeah, we, I think we're I, getting I can, ready for a move. You'll have to text me some areas because we're new to LA because we're from San Diego. Oh, yeah. And I so we just tried to get up here as quickly as possible. And West Hollywood was the thing that made sense. But it's time for us to move to a little bit more suburbia. Oh, uh, yes. You would love it over here. It's beautiful. Okay. Speaking of y'all, I want to talk because I know you and Michael met or known each other since y'all were in like sixth grade, which is the cutest thing ever. I feel so, like, is it cute or is it nauseating? I, I can't decide. It's like, so cute. It's so, I mean, it's, it is really cute. We have not been dating that whole time though. No, like, I will, at all. Yes. There's been a lot of different people. But I but that's but that's why I think it's so cute is that you guys n- have known each other basically your whole lives, but you haven't been together. You've it would be nauseating if there wasn't anyone else in between. I'd be like, oh poor thing. Like you haven't known anybody else. <laughs> no no offense to anyone else. I mean to each their own. But like but I think there is something really special about coming back together with somebody that you have known your whole life and, you know, ending up together and getting married and having a baby and being adorable and creating like an empire with them. That's pretty, pretty spectacular. We don't have cameras following us though all the time. So we also like, just like everyone in the world, we all, we have our issues too. Like, so tell me about it. <laughs> I mean, we're working you, together. You know how that is. You work so with your spouse. Like, you know, what is like your like number one thing that you end up fighting about? Like what annoys you the most about him? I realized that <laughs> I, I function at low frequency and he functions at high frequency. And okay. I don't mean energy. I mean, frequency. So when he wants to get something done, it's, it's very much like we need to do this now. And awesome. I'm more like, put it under the pile. Let's see what happens. Let's wait. I, okay. I like, I'm very much go with the flow, easygoing. I want to be creative. I'm not so fixated on numbers and finances and all that stuff. I, 
I'd rather create and kind of artistically go with the flow. But I think that that brings a lot of creativity and um, release to him because I am low frequency. Like today, I'll give you an example. Today, we're going to the pediatrician. He thinks if we're in the car one minute after 1130 that we're going to be late. And he plays out every scenario that's going to happen if we're going to be late. I don't (laughs) even waste my energy for one fucking second thinking about that. Oh my gosh. We're going to be in the car when we get in the car. So what's the point of, of having a fight? And that's a very, very little tiny fight. But just to show you that he's very anal with like his schedule and when things need to be done. I mean, I've never planned a vacation in our whole 10 years. I, I've never planned one thing. He loves to plan and have the schedule and the lunch and the reservations. I just am the type that would just show up and like, oh, you God. know, we'll see what happens. This, Tom and I are the we're flipped. I'm Michael. I gotta like, I gotta plan everything. I need to be in the driver's seat. I everywhere we go, I drive. I need to drive. I need I've to go. Never drove once. <laughs> really? I because I because I'll always be like, why are you going like this? Why are you taking this way? Like what? Like we should go this way. And like, why are you driving that way? And like, I just I I kind of have like a little. I'm a little bit of a control freak. And then also I'm like, I'll be like, I want him to plan something for me, but I don't want him to plan something for me because then what if he doesn't plan it the way that I would plan it? And then it doesn't go the way that like it would normally go. And then he's so lackadaisy and it's great because he's go with the flow. But I'm like, no, we need to have like structure and it needs to like happen now. Like, it's just, it's so fun. When is his birthday? March 28th. Aries. What are you? I'm a Capricorn. Capricorn. I'm January 16th. Tom is a Libra. Yeah. So Tom's about balance. I feel like I relate to him. Like, just go, go with the flow. Yeah. We'll see what happens. It's, he's just, it'll, it'll work out. It'll work I have out. to tell you, if you are a control freak, like you said, and you feel like you are very anal, Michael's been doing this Wim Hof breath work and it has helped a lot for him. Okay. He's like more relaxed. I just do 10 minutes a day. And then I do a freezing cold shower and I'm telling you meditation. They say that this breath work is better than four hours of meditation. I, okay. Cause I, I saw you post about him and I've like recently started following him and I'm like, I want to try it. Cause I breath work is one of the only things that actually like works for me when I do like guided. That's why I love like Pilates, anything that is really like mind to body connectivity. Like that is one of the only things that really centers me. So I'm definitely going to try that. I think you will love it. I think you will love breath work. I cannot stop talking about it because I try so many different things. And this is something that is a 10 out of 10. I feel like you like are Tom because also like he's also like some of the books that you read, like he's also reading. And I also want him to like listen because he also reads like the Daily Stoic and then I'll like steal it and read it. And then I love that. Yeah. Like I feel like there's a lot of similarities with y'all. Usually a lot of wives have to manipulate their husbands into reading the Daily Stoic. So that's really cool. He's he's so much more of a reader than I am. And I like I I want to be more of a reader, but I'm one of those people where my mind will wander. So I'll do like audiobooks or something because I'll just I'm better at just like listening where if my eyes have to focus. It's (laughs) It's <laughs> struggles. I struggle. Audiobooks. Audiobooks, audiobooks are, are great. great. Yeah, that's not, not that you like. Yeah. You like audiobooks, you said. So do audiobooks. You don't, I mean, again, you, like, I feel like why so many people connect with you on Vanderpump Rules is that you seem like the one character on the show. And I know there's others, but you really like embody it. You don't give a fuck. 
what anyone else thinks. You, you're doing no. things your way. That's why I think like you're, you're definitely, I want to say character on the show. I don't know if that's the right verbiage, but you're doing your own okay. thing your own way. If you don't like to read, then don't read. Like you don't have to, if you don't want to read, then listen to an audiobook. You don't have to do yeah. things anyway. Well, I like it because I feel like uh, only because I know that for my mind and for my brain activity, it's good to do those kind of things. I'm more thinking it from like a good, like a brain exercise, (laughs) but I'll do other things. I'll play like weird puzzles and do like other things to sort of exercise my mind. Whatever I can do to keep myself occupied. I need to do a puzzle. I I, I need to do a puzzle. You have to send me some puzzles to do. (laughs) Totally like went on a tangent there. Okay. So I feel like as far as Skinny Confidential goes, you've built an amazing community and I feel like it's grown so much and it's all very much like a following of like people of like a similar common interest. Do you ever get people on your social media on Instagram that are trolls disguised as supporters or part of the community that are just there to criticize and be assholes? Yes. And that's going to come with the territory. And I feel like you know that out of everyone yeah. in the world. Like, honestly, people that you're going to get trolls, you're going to get assholes. Yeah. It comes with the territory. I, and I know that's cliche to say, but it does. And 10 years ago, I would have let it derail my day. Right. But I practice, and we just talked about the daily stoic. I practice so much of the daily stoic that it's like, it has nothing to do with you. In a way, you have to feel bad for them. And I either handle it in two ways. I I don't address it if it's completely outlandish. Like if it's literally like a judgment about the way I look or the way my voice sounds or something that I can't really change, then it's a waste of my time and energy. And if I do address it, then I just sometimes will literally repeat what they just said back to me <laughs> in effort to show them how fucking crazy and wild they're being. I think you would agree with me on this. It's like, I don't understand how anyone could use one speck of their time or energy on something that's so unproductive. Like, I don't understand it. I no, um, it boggles my mind. It does it because I don't, I've never thought to ever use my time that way. I don't. Trolls were something new to me. Do you ever block people though? Oh yeah. If if, if someone's in my, listen, if you're going to come to my home and my Instagram and you're going to be a dick, <laughs> I have full right to block you. And yeah, by okay. the way, I know I'm not for everyone. I'm not, not every single person in the world is going to like me. Right. I'm going to rub people the wrong way. Like, good. I don't want to be for everyone. How fucking just, boring is that? Yeah. I just am wondering, I just, I, again, why people come onto your space and just say that. So, I mean, I understand like people watch Vanderpump Rules for a number of reasons, and I and I get that they're not going to like me. But to come to your space where it's just like it's such like a, I feel like it's so much more like niche in a lot of ways. You know, I th- I think that you're, <laughs> it just comes with the territory. Like yeah, you said, but someone so. who does a really good a uh, really good job of it, I think I really respect what she's done. Is Kristen Cavallari. Christine yeah. Cavallari went into filming Laguna Beach and the Hills with so much wise insight to know that she was playing the villain. Yeah. That was the character that she was playing. Mm-hmm. So with that, people are really going to think she's a villain in real life, even though she's like so sweet and like amazing and cool. But people, again, this goes back to our beginning of our conversation. They want to put her in a box. 
Yeah. And I'm done with the boxes there. You can, you can play a villain on TV. You can have a gross, disgusting moment on TV. You can have a bad moment in real life and share it on Instagram story. And it doesn't mean you have to be canceled or get yelled at. No one's perfect. Like where does this perfection come into play where we have to be perfect? It's recreational outrage that is people just get this sweet release on and I don't understand it. And I can't, I, I, it, I spend more time than I would like to admit being upset about it because it just, I, I don't understand it and I wish I could put an end to it, but I can't. But, you know, it's the same thing happens to me. It's just like, I, I know that I have a lot of really unsavory moments put out there and I've been put into this that box as well of, of being a bitch or god from a bully and all these things and it's just like god like you know I know that like I've I've had these moments put out there but like I'm not all one thing like I'm not all this and I'm not all that and it's just I don't know I'm not I'm not playing anything on TV I don't and I don't know that Kristen Cavallari was necessarily playing anything on TV but I don't know why they can't understand that like you might be seeing moments of my life but that doesn't define me as a person I want to put it out there name one person in your entire life though that you've seen have no unsavory moments like what do you what to me that's relatable what like I don't understand why anyone would think that that you being filmed as much as you do <laughs> don't have unsavory moments. And I think it's actually, we're lucky that you have chosen to share those moments with us because I bet, I bet in ways it's helped a lot of different people. Those moments have helped me. Those moments have helped me a lot, actually. How self-aware is that? Like, that's amazing yeah. that you can say that. That's amazing. And like tequila, Katie. I, she's helped me. Fun. <laughs> um, I think that if a man said, some of the stuff you said, there wouldn't be as much backlash, which is fucked up too. And I think that women should rally around you about that because if it was a guy, I don't think that there would be this much shit. Well, look at the guys on our show. There, there's been this whole like empathy thing on our show. Like the guys have the guys have acted cray cray on our show, and they haven't got as much slack as some of us have gotten on the show and I won't name names, but you know, I mean, more so maybe in this last season, they're getting a little bit more heat, but you know, it's just, I want to ask people also to think about some of their worst moments they've had in their lives and just imagine that they had a camera on them and then it was broadcast on TV and just think about people just see their perfection. And then, yeah. And then having everyone dissect that those, you know, that for five minutes, if like, there was like, think about the worst night of your life or the drunkest night of your life where you just were like, oh, yikes. And they only showed five minutes of it. And then everyone just was like, just grabbed that and ran with it. You know, I mean, just I think about it uh, the, the night before my wedding and punched <laughs> my husband in the face. And like, uh, I have a hundred stories. The night before your wedding? wedding? Yeah. If that was filmed, like I would probably look like an asshole too. Like everyone that is so busy judging needs to stop with the judging and practice empathy and, and, and compassion. Especially when it comes to like, because that's the one hard thing too, is that when it comes to like my relationship and, you know, and marriage and everything, because that's obviously something that's intimate and something that is close and special to me. And it's, and they're so complicated and hard. And, and when you put the, you know, let's say you have like two big fights in a year and one of them's on camera and then everyone is just like, oh, 
you should not be married and this and everyone's dissecting that it's just like oh what you never fight with your husband or you never fight with your you know it's just of course it's just no relationship is perfect no marriage is perfect and everyone thinks that they know best and it's just hard I applaud you for being vulnerable. I mean, honestly, there's not a lot of people that would open up. Honestly, anyone that is saying negative things to you needs to be blocked or put in their place, in my opinion. Well, what I do is either hit the block or I ignore it or every now every now and then I might just <laughs> pick one person and just make an example out of them. But, you know, I try not—I just—I don't know. At this point, I just—I just, am— pretty unaffected by it. Lisa Renna and Chrissy Teigen do it the best, how they put people just right back in their place. I and know. I, I look up to them, how they do that. They're so good. Yeah. Chrissy Teigen is just like the queen of just putting people in their place. Switching she games. also loves Tom Tom. I know. She's the best. Like, I love Chrissy Teigen. Every time I've been able to be in her presence and talk to her, it's just better than the last. She's a cool bitch. She really, really is. We got to play Family Family Feud with them and we won. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to post that. But I mean, I feel like I was like the MVP because it kept coming down to me to have to like, all right, it's coming down to you. And I would, but it was like, it felt really easy. And then we did like Fast Money and Tom Sandoval went first and then I had to go. And, you know, you have to get a certain amount right or get to a certain amount of money to, like, actually win. And I did it. So I'm the MVP. Anyways, something else I admire in you is your confidence. Whether it's just taking a casual stroll down the street with, you know, zit cream on your face (laughs) or, like, whatever it be. Like, what would you say is the most important practice in building confidence? First of all, I think that's funny that you say that. Right now, I don't (laughs) feel confident. I have 25 pounds on my ass that I didn't have. And that makes me feel not incredibly confident. But what I think I do to to combat that is, and I learned this from Ed Milet, is confidence really comes from the promises that you keep to yourself. So it's, if you promise yourself that you're going to wake up tomorrow at 7.30 and do 10 minutes of breath work and do a freezing cold shower and you wake up at seven, turn your alarm off and sleep until nine, those little things add up and they start to make you not feel confident and insecure. So I am a true believer that I'm in control of how I feel when it comes to feeling confident. And I think that builds a muscle. It's like building a muscle over and over. It's like adversity. What we're experiencing in quarantine right now, this is building some, our muscle for adversity. We're going to be able to handle more because of this. So with confidence, there's tiny promises that you make in your head every day that you don't even realize that you're making. Oh, I'm going to launch my podcast. Oh, I'm going to launch my blog. Oh, I'm going to post that Instagram at 12 o'clock. Whatever, tiny little things. If you find yourself not following through with things that you promise yourself, it's going to make you feel insecure. So mm-hmm. once, once that connected for me, that really helped. But I also think a lot of confidence comes from the way you were raised, going back to that. It's like mm-hmm. my parents raised me in an atmosphere that was, was non-judgmental. I experienced some adversity at a young age where I had to walk into my high school 
and be confident. So again, it's like working out that muscle, working out that muscle over and over and over again. I think that that it is at the end of the day, though, something that you have to work on and practice. It's yes, it's it's it is come more naturally to certain people, but it's definitely a practice. Well, okay, <laughs> I'll try. I'm just kidding. Um, You're no, doing amazing. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, yes, okay. I'll make promises, but I'm also like, it's okay, bitch. You don't gotta listen to her. <laughs> like, I got the like the little devil on my shoulder. Like, promise yourself. But then I got the little one over here being like, you don't gotta. Oh, listen mine's to like her. drink wine. Yeah, see, it's like I got the like the angel and the devil based on what it's like. It's like tomorrow we're going to do this and we're going to do this. But then it's like I'm not perfect. My angel doesn't always win. I definitely have a lot of things that that I struggle with myself, like where I said I was going to do something and I don't do it. Okay, there's pressures we put on ourselves, which is like enough as it is. But then there's the pressures, outside pressures, and especially when like you know, you have like a, you know, blog or something. And I know like when I had like pucker and pout, like, you know, there's that pressure to put out content always, you know? And I know that like when was going through like issues with like my body changing or gaining weight. And I was getting like a lot of criticism from that. A lot of people giving me hit. Like it was, it became really difficult for me to like want to put my face out there and create that content and everything like that. Not saying this has to do with you. So I was wondering, like, for you, do you ever feel these pressures or that it becomes difficult to have to like feel like you have to perform in a certain way or you, you know, difficulty in having to like be not like perfect, but perfect in a way that's expected of you or to deliver in a way that, you know, that you're going to let people down? I only feel inspired 20% of the time. If anyone thinks that I'm, a hundred percent inspired all the time, or even 80% of the time, I'm not. I am 20% inspired out of a hundred. That's why like, I'm so obsessed with human optimization because there's so many different tools that you can have in your toolbox to tap into when you feel uninspired. And when you wake up on Monday and you don't want to do anything, and then you wake up on Tuesday and you want to sit on the couch and, you know, eat an extra donut or skip the workout or make an excuse. I mean, all the time I'm, I'm a human, human being, but I, I do really try to tap into my toolbox. Like I said, and use breath work, light hydration, movement. I schedule workouts with someone else. So it holds me accountable. Like I try to find shortcuts in things that I know that I'm going to be lacking. And you talked about with the blog, like I would say like, you need to maybe practice delegation. Maybe there was something with the blog that you, you were taking on too much more than you could chew and you need to delegate stuff. I think that reading is a really powerful tool and it could be on audiobook or listening to podcasts and tapping into other people's mind. Now it's my dog. (laughs) So I heard this quote the other day that was like so relevant and it, sometimes you do just want to sit on the couch and you have to listen to listen to that. But I heard this quote and it was like, if it, if, if it comes to a point where you have to disappoint yourself or someone else, you have to disappoint someone else. If you're expanding your energy in places that you don't want to be expanding it, that's going to take away from things like working out, having a morning routine, having a night routine. So I feel like I've really looked at my life and been like, okay, where am I expanding energy that is a waste of time? And how can I say no? And that sounds selfish, but at the end of the day, like for me to be a happy functioning human being that's productive, like it is a lot of saying no and a lot of disappointing other people. So that's important to keep in mind too. 
I don't like crumbs in bed, but like I like being able to like get a situation set up in bed with my shows and just be cozy. No, I have I have so many things and weaknesses in my life. And all I try to do is spend my life talking to successful people, reading and consuming content to learn how to optimize my life. So I think that's where people get it confused. I try to optimize my life, but I'm definitely not feeling on inspired and ready to go all the time. How many times a week, a day do you hear like, oh my God, you're perfect. You know what that is though to me? That's interesting because I think when I was, when I was young, like the way I got attention was trying to be perfect, which doesn't exist, which is so dumb. So that's an interesting word that you use. And I feel like I'm at this phase right now where I feel anything but perfect. I feel like like I'm not in my body right now. Everything is hanging over my clothes. Like everything, (laughs) I'm wearing Michael's clothes because I can't fit into my own clothes. Um, My skin is a fucking nightmare. I mean, I'm in quarantine. (laughs) When I wake up and I'm looking at your Instagram story and it's like, you've got like, you're like breakfast. And I look at my breakfast. I'm like, whoa. (laughs) The juxtaposition of like what I'm looking at what you're doing versus what I'm doing is like, wow. If you saw it, like if you saw what I was doing versus what you were doing, you would be like, you would feel way better about it. Trust me. I think that what my job as the kind of influencer I am is to like put flair in every single area of your life and be the best version of yourself. So for instance, if you see like a pretty cup that I have, I am the type of person, like I just have all these things streamlined and ready to go to make my day feel a little bit better. Like every little area can be something special if you streamline it and optimize it. Like by no means am I spending an hour cooking breakfast. It's three minutes, but you know, maybe I bought a gold $8 spoon off Amazon and like I got goji berries last week delivered to my house and it just like <laughs> makes the whole experience better. So I think what my platform I want to do is like just have these little tidbits and tips and tricks that you can take and implement into your life that make it more colorful and more fruitful. But by the way, like sometimes there's, there's days where I'm like eating a waffle out of a fucking plastic like tin with syrup all over the bed. Like, <laughs> And Perfect. maybe I need to show that more. I didn't. I don't think people would want to see well, that, but it sounds like they do. I need to show. Well, that. Okay, that's what I'm wondering. Okay, because I was. I want to know also maybe like where this like the skinny confidential ends and Lauren begins. Like, do you have like a messy closet or like a junk drawer or like the what? Of, like what is like the the little like what is something we're not seeing that's like a little secret? My purse something. is a fucking disaster. There's shit yeah. everywhere. Um, my, <laughs> my, cl- my closet and bathroom get messy a lot. They all the time they get messy. And when I get creative, forget it. The whole house is a fucking wreck. Like I, I go into like a manic bipolar, like everything's messy. I mean, there's plenty of times where like, I'm not put together myself right now. I'm not wearing makeup, but it's like, I, I don't wear makeup seven days a week. You know that being a reality star. You manage lip gloss right now. That's it. Do what you can manage. And you know, there's spray tan all over my feet. I haven't shaved my legs in two weeks. You know, it's my vagina hair is like this long. Like I got to get around to that. Like there's really both. We've, we've discussed hairy toes. That's, that's life. We're doing the best we can in quarantine. We all need to be a little bit kinder to ourselves. Oh, that's, that's like my, been my mantra for this whole quarantine is just being kind to myself. One little bit of um, aggression out for the day is my rage text of the day. 
where it's just it's just my way of getting a little cathartic energy out to anything. It could be an inanimate object, a person, anything. So what would you want to send a rage text to or who? I sent Michael a 45-page <laughs> rage text that was truly this long. About what? The other day because he was pissing me off and he was micromanaging the way that I was mothering. Oh. And the text I sent him was the devil raised out of hell. You know what's great though is once you get it out, I love a rage text because once it's out in the ether, screenshot it and copy and paste it and also send it to yourself just in case they forget. You get all of it out and you can move on with your day. And then anytime that he does something I don't like, I say, please refer to my text bullet point number five. <laughs> I'd fucking bullet point. I bullet. Do you know what's really fun is when you're on a reality show, um, those screen texts get to be sent to producers and then they end up um, on the television. Can't you do like a fake one or does it have to be real? Well, the problem is, is those are always real. And then, you know, it's just, yeah. See, we got to have empathy for what you're going through. That's a lot. That's, that's a lot of pressure. Today, my rage checks would go to the Los Angeles drivers right now. They all think they're fucking NASCAR drivers. They think because they can just drive freely that they should be driving 100 miles per hour. And God forbid, God forbid they use a signal or even look before they change lane. It's, I mean, it is terrifying to be on the road right now. I try not to go on the freeway, but sometimes it's just easier to get to places. And I mean, I've nearly died like six times and I've only driven six times, which is crazy. So every time I get on the road, I nearly die because everyone thinks they're fucking Jeff Gordon out there. So Los Angeles drivers out there right now. I cannot wait for this shit to be over just so there's traffic, just so everyone slows the fuck down. I think that you should write a book called Rage Text and (laughs) you should go to every single celebrity and like influencer that you know and have them send you their best rage checks and put together a whole book of all of yours. Oh my God, I should. Honestly, like I think that's a really sick name. It'd be a a great great, like like, bathroom bathroom book, book, right? Yeah, you can read it while you're taking a shit. I think it would really really get things moving too. It would get things moving. (laughs) Yeah, and you can like lead. I would get so inspired. I would have so many like new tips and tricks to text my husband when he does it People would just, yeah, people would just like send, like just copy and paste or take pictures and send them, save them for later. Yeah, it's perfect. It's actually inspiration. You inspiration. can pin it, pin it to your pin board. Well, thank you so much. Oh my God. This was like, I feel like really, like I just fulfilled the dream of mine. Well, I'm going to fulfill a dream of mine and have you and Tom on the podcast with Michael and I. We're going to, we're going to have couples therapy. Oh my God. This is going to be really fun. Bring all your rage checks. <laughs> we can discuss them all. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review, follow along on social at Music Kills Kate, and tune in next week for an all new episode. 